Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to Believe in the Ivy League, a look inside the ancient 18s in the Ivy League and their upcoming games with all of the stats, trends, and analysis that you want to hear. And now, here's your host, Tom Barton. All right, guys, welcome to another edition of Believe in the Ivy League. I am Tom Barton, and we are set for playoffs yeah we are set for the playoff time here in the ivy leagues and it sounds weird it still sounds weird to say playoffs with the ivy league basketball anybody that's been following ivy league basketball for any amount of time it's still a weird transition it's still very new because you know we lost a year with the covid um it's still a a new thing but we do have some playoffs this weekend we are going to get it out real quick scheduling uh so you guys understand because the games are going to be played on Saturday, I, you know, I have press passes and media credentials to go down, well, up for me, I live in New York, to go up to Boston, uh, up to Cambridge, and to be there. I'm going to try to do everything I can to be there. I cannot record live, um, as I would need my equipment, but I'll try to get interviews and things of that nature. And then I will record either late Saturday night or early Sunday morning. I'm aiming for late Saturday night, but you will have another episode uh, to preview the championship game before the championship game. I'm going to try to get it done as quickly as possible. It sort of def- depends on the traffic in Boston and when I can get back if I'm going to do it Saturday night or Sunday. All right, guys, check me out at Tom Barton Sports. Also, check me out at uh, TomBartonSports at gmail.com. And I do have a YouTube channel. I would really like you guys to go click on that YouTube channel. I just had a conversation about Bird and LeBron, uh, Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson. I was on live that day that it was kind of going on, so that was kind of cool. You guys could go, please, just I could use all the likes and subscribes over on the YouTube channel. That would be fantastic as well. All right, guys, let's get into it. The Ivy League playoffs are set. The Ivy League tournament, I call it the playoffs because it's just it just sounds better, but it is the Ivy League tournament. It is set. It is a four-team tournament. It's going to be played up in Cambridge, and we have Princeton's the one seed, Yale's the two seed, Penn is the three seed, and Cornell is the four seed. Um, last weekend was a little uninspiring. A lot of teams couldn't really move their positions. A lot of teams really uh, couldn't do anything, but really play for pride and play for uh, you know seniors if they even have seniors at this point because we know how the Ivy Leagues went this year. It was kind of uh, all over the place. But I do look, although we are not a betting show, I want to give you an idea and a feel here for how everybody else is sort of looking at the Ivy League tournament and how everybody's looking at this from a, a better perspective and who is going to be the favorite. And Princeton is plus 125, Yale's plus 180, Penn's plus 500, and Cornell's plus 650. So that's uh, over at DraftKings. You can do that. I, I, you know, I look every year and I've had, you know, arguments my entire career about why is the Ivy League not more prevalent? Why can't you bet on it more? There used to be times where I couldn't even bet on a regular game. I just just basically uh, started to be able to bet legally on the football and now basketball. We never an Ivy League tournament to bet on. I'm so glad to see the odds, even if they are just there for odds sake, just to kind of see Princeton Pretty heavy favorite, but it's in between Princeton and Yale. Nobody has faith in Penn after they got red hot and Cornell plus 650. Pretty large line there. Uh, You know, it's funny because if you look at, you know, what the perception is, it's quite different than us that followed 
the Ivy Leagues all along, right? I mean, those that followed the Ivy Leagues all along, we're looking at Cornell and we're going, yeah, they're a serious contender. You know, uh, they they can they can do some some things here. We're looking at Penn and going, man, there was a time, what, just a week or so ago, two weeks ago or so, uh, where Penn was red hot and Penn could have been that team. And we did shows on that and we talked about it. So the perception of them getting five to one or six and a half to one, uh, the public doesn't doesn't really understand the Ivy Leagues. And it continues to say that the public doesn't understand the Ivy Leagues. With that being said, we'll start off with the one seed, right? We'll break down this Princeton-Cornell matchup. First of all, Princeton's not only a favorite in seeding, but they're also the favorite uh, according to the sports books, but they're also the favorite according to Ken Palm. The Tigers also, you know, look, they when you start talking about offensive efficiency and adjusted efficiency and all that, it gets a little, little crazy. Basically, look, they're a top 50 offense. And that's it in the country. You could tell me it's efficiency rating and, and all these other metrics, but basically just say they're top 50 offense. And that is a reason why people are kind of jumping on this team to not only win the Ivy League tournament. I'm starting to see people talking about, you know, hey, wait a minute, with that kind of offense, maybe they could get out of the first round of the real tournament, out of the big bracket. Maybe this is a team to watch. But we here that have followed the Ivy Leagues know maybe that's a little pie in the sky. And, and, and maybe, or maybe... Well, we are looking at Princeton, who Princeton's just coming off their best season since the 2016-17 season. Look, they went undefeated through Ivy League play that year. And that was a real interesting Princeton team. That was a Princeton team that we knew was as good as can be. This year, I think the entire Ivy Leagues is a down year. Look, I'm doing an Ivy League podcast, right? And I should not be saying these things, but the reality is, I think it was a down year. I think we knew it was going to be a down year, though. Here's the one thing I can say about the Ivy Leagues. Most of these teams, and you'll see when I start to talk about Penn and how they got off to a miserable start, and Yale, who, who uh, you know, got off to a, a rough start. Most of these teams, we knew they were going to get off to a rough start, but they've looked a lot better as Ivy League play has gone on. The rest of the country is looking at Ivy Leagues and saying, okay, it's a down year for all the Ivies. Why? They had a year off. There's a lot of young guys that have never been on a court before. But as they grew up, you know, over the course of the season, how good did the Ivy Leagues become? I think the Ivy Leagues late over the last couple of weeks have really shown improved basketball overall. Early on, it was a mess. But that, that was very expected. Now going into the tournament, maybe Princeton is that team. So, you look at Princeton, you know, uh, they got the big man from England, and he's pr probably the player of the year. I think that he's probably what it's going to be. You, you know, he's a, a post player. He's that kind of guy. But he also, he's a fantastic passer. Being that post player, that's something to watch. 22-5 and five is nothing to kind of uh, overlook here. The Ivies will not get two bids. If Princeton doesn't win, 22 wins will not be enough. Or 23 if they win against Cornell. It's not going to be enough to get him in. Um, they're not even going to really be considered a bubble team, but it's a great successful season one way or the other. I, I think that Ivy League fans, if you're just an Ivy League fan, you you're not attached to a team. I think you're looking at Princeton as the team that really can move on, right? That that can maybe win a round because of the offense that I've talked about. This team has won seven games in a row. They've won 17 of 19, and six of their last 10 games, they've scored 80-plus points. 
So their offense carries the day. Their offense is clearly pro- prolific. Their offense is what we're all looking at, and the offense is what we're counting on here. And it's offense, offense, offense. When you start to talk about March and you start to talk about even the conference tournaments, everybody kind of looks at offense and goes, oh, well, you know, uh, that that's kind of the scoring option. But now they meet a Cornell team here. And the last time these two met, Cornell won. Now, Princeton put up 83. And, and Princeton's offense was great. And we just talked offense, offense, offense. Princeton's offense was perfectly fine. But Cornell put up 88. And Cornell and that offense, specifically Cornell's offense early in the season, was absolutely on fire. Cornell's offense has that ability. Cornell's offense can turn around and say, you want to run with me, let's go. Okay? In, in the other game, Princeton did get the win. Uh, they won 72-70. So it was a lot lower scoring, but again, a very tight game. Cornell represents a real challenge for Princeton in the first round. So while the rest of the country, and I've heard people talking heads all week long, talking about maybe Princeton's that upset team, maybe Princeton's that Cinderella that can knock somebody off. Princeton will be, you know, probably 14, 15 seed, maybe maybe a 16 seed. You know, could they be that team? Could they knock someone off? Look at the offense, look at the offense. And everybody's staring at this offense and talking about nothing but the offense, but look at Cornell good. Okay, let's go. In a low-scoring game, we, we came within a basket. In a high-scoring game, we outshot you. I mean, that, that was it. And Cornell, look, Cornell shot 51% from the field that game. Not a game that they lost, right? The game that they lost, uh, well, Princeton shot about 50% from the field. So that's an interesting scenario here. Both teams, by the way, in, in a... You know, in a game that was so close, both teams shot under 29% from the three-point line. They were not dropping from deep. They were not dropping from deep. And in that first win, you know, Princeton shot 50% uh, in their first win. Cornell shot 34% and, and 42 from three. So to me, this is not a game of who can hit the, the more three-pointers. You know, it's not that kind of game. I think this is a pace game. And I do think that no matter what happens, Cornell is in a position to play this game close. Remember, this isn't a home court advantage for Princeton or anything like that. The fact that they get the number one seeding is nothing more than, cool, you get to pick your jerseys and you get Cornell, okay? This is not a typical four seed. In, 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 uh, this Cornell team was on fire at times. If you want to dare Cornell to score with you, and that's why I mentioned the Princeton offense, offense, offense. If you want to dare Cornell to score with you, you may you may be playing with fire. You may be hoping that they're going to play a game that you can't win. Cornell can outshoot you. If you start to go the defensive route, as Princeton saw, it'll be a tight battle. And Cornell did have some scoring issues when defenses clamped down on them, specifically underneath in the post play. I do expect Princeton to kind of dominate there. I don't think this game is as easy as uh, everybody seems to think. You know, I think Cornell plays real, real, real close. It would not shock me. It really wouldn't shock me to see Cornell walking away with a win. I think we have to look at Princeton. They are the best team. They have the best offense. They have the best chance to move on. They played a tough schedule. They are consistent. They've lost two games in like three months, right? I mean, you have to look at Princeton to advance, but it wouldn't shock me at all if Cornell puts up a fight. Then we have Penn against Yale. And this is a Yale team that, you know, look, they 
they are who we we expect them to be. Yale is one of the better teams in the Ivy League, but when they were pressed with elite talent, you know, they they didn't play so well, right? I mean, they didn't play well against St. Mary's or against Auburn. Okay, that that and that's fine. And that's fine. That, no big deal. Um but this is a team that went 11 and 3 in conference play. Like I said, they started out slow. And a lot of Ivy League teams did, but they went 11 and 3 in conference play. They also closed it out in a way that I don't have confidence in a team closing it out the way that they did. They lost two of their last four games. And you can tell me it's conference play. And you can tell me it doesn't matter. They already locked a playoff spot before last weekend. I get it. You don't want to go in and limp in losing two of your last four games. Okay? That I don't like. I also look at this as a double-edged sword, the next thing that I'm going to talk about. And the double-edged sword is very simply this. Lots of close calls this year. They won by less than 10 points in eight of their 11 conference wins and more than half of those by two baskets or less. You remember the two games against Harvard, three-point games, three-point games all over the place. I mean, that's who Yale was. Now, you can take that away if you're a Bulldogs fan and you're listening. You could take that away and you could say, well, that shows that Yale knows how to get it done and win close games. That shows that Yale can do this in a crunch time. And I, I can't disagree with that. Yeah, especially against a Harvard team like they did, and that was a tough, tough weekend right there. I get that. But I also look at it and say, you're a basket or two away. Oftentimes, that's a bounce or two away. And those bounces don't always go your way. Okay, that is a problem. One thing I will give Yelk a lot of credit for here, their defense really did step up late in the season. This was an offensive team, kind of like Cornell was, went through a spurt in the year where, man, it just didn't seem like you could stop them offensively. But it's been their defense lately that has opened up my eyes. Six of their last seven wins, they've held teams to 69 or less points. Nobody hit 70. And five of their last six wins to 65 or less. And that's the formula for Yelk. Look, we have a very good offense, but it's our defense uh, that is really superior in this Ivy League. Now they take on a Penn team. Penn really turned it on in the second half of the season, right? I mean, they won six of eight. They reached the tournament, uh, you know, before failing to Princeton in the last day, which didn't really matter. Nobody cared about. But they started three and ten. Now, they're look, when you look at Penn, Penn could literally win this conference and be under 500 because they're 12 and 15, Right? They're 12 of 15 here, guys. They win this game. They go on and win Sunday. They can finish at 14 and 15 and make the tournament. They're a 16 seed, but they can make the tournament. And they'll be a dangerous 16 seed at that. Um, they did Look, they, they, they had a bad front-loaded schedule. I, I was writing pen off, okay? Then they went out. They won six of nine. They won six in a row. You know, it all started with a win against this Yale team. They won 76-68. They also lost against Yale recently, 81-72. Now, in that game, okay, because I want to break it down. In that game, they committed 14 fouls, 15 turnovers, and they only went five or nine from the free throw line. That was the difference in the game. They only lost that game by nine points. So they won a game by eight points where most of the statistics were pretty much even. I mean, rebounding was even, fouls were generally even. The difference here is 15, look, the fouls certainly are a difference, but 15 turnovers, guys. 15 turnovers. Got to hold on to the ball. They also are a team that, let's just be honest, limped to the finish line. If this was the Penn team that I saw two weeks ago, I'd be all over Penn. I think Penn could win this all. But they lost three of the last four, and their only win in that four-game stretch was a one-point win over Brown. 
So you have Yale and Penn, who, in my opinion, are both very, very, very much limping towards the end of the season. Yale and Penn, which match up in a position where if Penn plays their game, they're winning this game. I know that Yale plays defense. And maybe that creates turnovers here, sure. But you cannot expect the discrepancy between the fouls. Uh, it, it, there's no way that Penn's winning a game and making five foul shots. That's it. It's not happening. There's also no way that Penn's winning a game and turning the ball over 15 times. So if they clean up their play a little bit, again, I think that this is anybody's game. We get into the Ivy League tournament here. And I'm looking at, you know, the odds, which I brought up at the beginning. And everyone seems to be looking at Princeton, then Yale, Penn Cornell. I could flip them. I could absolutely flip it. It would not shock me to see a Cornell Penn final at all. Is it going to shock anybody out there? You know, let me know. I don't think that would shock anyone. Now, I can't say that Cornell's going to knock off Princeton. Okay. We can't go down that road. And I can't really say that Penn's going to knock off Yale, but but I'm close. I mean, I'm close to it. I'm looking at this and I'm going, it's a coin flip either way. If I'm getting... I don't know. Look, I don't know what the Lions makers are going to make these games. You know, I I assume that Princeton's going to be, I don't know, probably seven point favorite, six point favorite or so. Uh, you know, I, I like those points. <laughs> I, I mean, it's hard not to, right? And if Yale is anything more than four or five point favorites, you almost have to like them. You almost have to like, uh, you know, the other side there. You almost have to, because I do think that it's a coin flip. I think it's a down conference in a down year. Yeah, sure. But I think that leads to a lot of fun. And I do think Saturday is going to be an absolutely fantastic day. I think we're going to have a good day Saturday. Come back, have a good day Sunday. Look, you get the right team in there and you get hot. We could be sitting back in the big tournament and really having a, a good time with some Ivy Leagues. All right, guys. Like I said, I am going to put out an Ivy League championship preview. So I'll look out for that. It'll come most likely late Saturday night. If not, you can listen to it on Sunday morning. Uh, immediately after that, the next week's show, I will focus on whatever team gets into the bracket, who their matchup is, and break that down. So we have a lot more that I want you guys to pay attention to if you're Ivy League basketball fans. All right, guys, go check it out. Please check me out at TomBartonSports.com, TomBartonSports over on Twitter, TomBartonSports at gmail.com. And make sure you tell your friends, share this and like this. Have a good day, everybody. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.